VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, it's Danny. A little bonus for you. Um, I've been talking to the Stories of Our Times podcast which is what you're about to hear. And of course, you can subscribe to them at The Times and The Sunday Times. And I will be back later this week with another episode of Danny in the Valley. But in the meantime, please enjoy this one. Dame Judi Dench, Oscar winner, star of stage and screen, national treasure, and now TikTok legend. Ma, what do you get if you cross a pig with a dinosaur? Uh, uh, Jurassic pork. Oscar-winning stars do it. Teenagers in their bedrooms do it. Have you done it? Have you joined TikTok? It is addictive, and it's very, very easy to get sucked down the rabbit hole. The app, which has spread like wildfire across the parched landscape of lockdown life, bringing us dancing teens and comedians lip-syncing the words of politicians, has now found itself at the centre of a proxy war between China and the West. Yeah, you can't divorce this from what is happening with the politics. It just came together in this toxic mix, which culminated, of course, with Donald Trump threatening to ban it outright. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, TikTok and the data war. I'm Danny Fortson. I'm the West Coast correspondent for the Sunday Times based in Oakland, California. And I spend day in, day out covering everything from the ridiculous to the sublime of the technology industry out here. Well, we're talking about both today because... We want to talk about TikTok, and I wanted to know, for people who haven't seen it, could you just describe a typical scene that you might catch on TikTok? What are some of the ones that have really grabbed your attention recently? The ones that keep coming up the most for me recently are from a woman named Sarah Cooper, and she has become quite famous in the last few months for impersonating Donald Trump. We're getting exact numbers out, but we're either close to or over one million people wanting to go. She basically lip syncs pieces of his speeches and she just does it in a really hilarious way. And she's come out of nowhere. She's a comedian who was struggling in her career. And then all of a sudden she started doing this and through the magic of TikTok um, has become this huge viral sensation. And she now has millions of followers. Millions of people have been watching our first guest's hilarious take on the president's press briefings. Sarah Cooper, thank you so much for being on our show, uh, The Tonight Show. She's 
all over the talk show circuits. She's become this massive star in a couple months. And this is all due to the magic of TikTok because this algorithm, when it finds things people likes, it really supercharges them and it makes stars overnight. And it really does have the power to do that, to get millions of people watching you for a minute if you get the right clip. I mean, what else is doing really well on, on TikTok at the moment? There's a 16-year-old girl in America named Charlie D'Amelio. She started making dance videos in her bedroom a year ago. She now has 75 million followers. 75 million? Yes, she is the biggest star on the platform. That's phenomenal. Yes, she is represented by a Hollywood agency. Her sisters have millions of followers. Her parents now have millions of followers. Hey guys, it's Charlie and I'm super, super excited to be sharing with you my first ever nail polish collection. And it's almost like a mini Kardashian clan being built totally via TikTok. It's incredible. One of the things that's so weird about it is that nobody really understands what makes things go viral on TikTok. She's posting a constant stream of just dance videos, but it's not like, oh my goodness, these are the most amazing things ever. It's really kind of just like, okay, this looks like what everybody else is doing. Gosh, that is incredible. I mean, you could get her elected to president at this rate. Indeed. TikTok has over 800 million users worldwide, but its breathtaking success is now under threat. As President Trump launches a war of words with China, he's given the company that owns TikTok a month to sell its US operations, or, he says, the app will be banned in America. Nobody's quite sure what that would look like, but the threat alone has evoked quite a reaction from TikTok users. I would say that the technical term would be freaking out. Right now, TikTok is on the verge of being banned in the US, and I'm starting a video petition with hashtag save TikTok. 2020 has had so many tragedies, and TikTok has been one of the most positive outlets for us all. Because a lot of the people who are on there, they're trying to build a business, a following on the platform, and there is fear that the app will either get banned, or it'll end up in Microsoft's hands. Microsoft is a lot of things, but one thing it is not is social media savvy. And they don't have any track record in nurturing a platform like this. So the fear is that it ruins TikTok. Microsoft is like the boring old dad at the tech party. And of course, the other interesting aspect of all of this is there's a whole bunch of TikTok lookalikes that are cropping up to try to steal away the best creators to basically fill the void. Wow. So it could all be over soon. Now, before it is, for those of us who are still slightly slow on the uptake, what is TikTok? What is it that makes it different from other platforms? TikTok is the new social video app making some serious waves. Have you heard of TikTok? No? It's okay. You're not the only one. TikTok offers endless 15-second videos designed exclusively for mobile viewing with a heavy sprinkling of viral challenges, popular short dances and pranks. Like most social media apps, you can follow your favourites and like and comment. You can also live stream and it's easy to repost content on other platforms. Most users are 24 and under. The real secret sauce of TikTok is its algorithm. So unlike, say, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat... What it suggests to you does not depend on your social network, what your friends are doing. The app tracks you in different ways. It looks at what you're doing on other apps, etc. And through that suggests content. And in a way, it's really working. It's been a very, very effective 
viral machine and its algorithm and the way it works is very different from other social networks in that it, it is effectively not social. It doesn't depend on your friends. God, I have so many questions. I mean, that's fascinating. It tracks you through other apps to work out your behavioral patterns. Yeah. So this is why a lot of critics will say that this is spyware. It does sound alarming. It's a difficult one because, of course, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and these other social apps that we all know and are used to, they have access to and indeed track a lot of the same data. They just use it in different ways. So TikTok has been really heavily criticized in the past six weeks of things have really heated up. They've actually stopped doing some of the more aggressive, questionable data tracking practices. And so they're trying to answer this public pressure. But you do have critics who say, look, this app is following me around. And on top of that, the postcode of its owner makes people very worried. It's owned by ByteDance, which of course is based in China. How big has it become? So it's huge. It is the first big threat to the Facebook empire since, let's say, Instagram in 2012. Since it launched in 2017 in the West or outside China, it launched in 2018 in America, it has been downloaded 2 billion times and is used by 800 million people. And interestingly, the vast majority of its users are teenagers and 20-somethings. It's a very young demographic. Wow. So this will sound like a really basic, non-technical question, but is it really that good? What is it about it that makes it so popular? So it does lend itself to a lot of creativity. And I hear exactly what you're saying because I thought the same and then I downloaded it because I've been writing about little else for the past month, month and a half. Is it addictive? It is addictive. And it's very, very easy to get sucked down the rabbit hole because the way it works is you open it on your phone and it immediately starts playing something. And then it's a one quick swipe up and you're on to the next video. It's very seamless. And they're snackable videos, as they like to say, 15 to 60 seconds. And people are creative. And they give you all the tools to be very creative, and especially the musical element. It is surprisingly addictive. And again, I'm old, and I was actually quite impressed. And the algorithm you mentioned, is that the thing that really sets it apart? Yeah, it is. And interestingly, as this pressure from the US government, the CEO of TikTok came out and did an interesting thing. He said, look, we will show you our algorithms. Um, trying to say, look, there's nothing untoward here. We are above board and we'll show you. Now, I'm not sure how productive that will be because I don't know if, if you were shown an algorithm or I were shown an algorithm, it would be just alphabet soup. It'd be gobbledygook. But I think the idea is that they're trying to show that there's nothing nefarious here. But it is the algorithm and the way that it figures out or guesstimates what you are interested in and then serves you a never-ending scroll of stuff within that zone that really sets it apart. We're looking at TikTok. We may be banning TikTok. We may be doing some other things. There are a couple of options, but a lot of things are happening. On Friday, President Trump signed an executive order which will come into force next month. In it, he declared sanctions on the Chinese company that owns TikTok, which could be fatal for the app in America. 
TikTok are now threatening to sue the Trump administration in return. So how did an app for dancing teens suddenly become the centre of such a huge international controversy? Well, there's two reasons why all of a sudden it is front and centre of this crackdown. And one is where it is based. The parent company is based in Beijing. And China, obviously, is a communist country. We have ongoing trade war with China and worsening relations. Of course, the UK just banned Huawei from building a new 5G kit around the country. So you have this worsening geopolitical picture. And in the meantime, you have this new cultural force from Beijing, which again, this is the first app that has come out in the West and really made waves culturally. If you think about it, it's usually Hollywood and our pop culture going out rather than Chinese culture coming in. And so amid that political backdrop, you have this new app that comes out. And then the concerns are that in China, any app, any company is obliged under law to provide access to its data if the Chinese Communist Party asks for it. So their concern is that they've built up this huge trove of data of all these young people around the world and that the Chinese Communist Party can access it, use it, manipulate it, do whatever they want to do to this very sensitive, very personal data of Westerners. So there is a genuine route by which the Chinese government could access this information. Yes, there is. And TikTok is adamant that the government has never asked for data or tried to influence their operations in any way. And if they did, they would say no. But of course, we don't know. It's a question of faith. And people in the intelligence agencies and in government basically refuse to take that assurance at face value. And do we know what sort of data TikTok does collect? Again, it's going back to what does Facebook know about you? What does Snapchat know about you? It's your name, it's your phone number. But what it was doing, and which was really concerning for some people in the security world, was it was tracking other stuff, like the IP addresses and GPS locations, so it knows exactly where you are, which for a social app, why would they need to know that? So that was a big concern. Another one was it was accessing what is on your clipboard in your phone. So the things you copy and paste into emails, for example. And again, for an app where you're posting silly dance videos, why does it need to know that kind of information that you're storing on your phone? Now, again, they have said they have stopped doing that and stopped doing it quite recently amidst all of this pressure. And they said that this helped them keep the app secure and safe from spammers, etc. But the problem is, again, if we go back to the political backdrop, there's just so little trust between America, the UK, and China that nobody is willing to take the company at its word. They do say that they've made these changes and people just don't trust that that's happened. I mean, is it not possible to check or is that too simplistic? I think it is possible to check and people have checked and said that they have done this and that has been confirmed. But if you just step back and think about this, this whole threat to ban the app is not that out of the ordinary. If you think of Facebook and Google, they don't operate in China. And they haven't for years because China put up this great firewall and said, if you want to operate within our country, these are the rules. 
And if you're Google, for example, that means censoring search results and handing over sensitive information. And they said no. So some of the West's biggest tech names, the biggest apps that you can think of, basically do not exist in China. And so a lot of people are saying, well, it's about time that we crack down on TikTok, this really aggressive cultural force that we just don't know what is happening with that data, what the Chinese Communist Party is doing with it, if indeed they're getting access to it. Indian government has banned dozens of Chinese-owned apps over apparent security concerns. Now, the list includes the messaging service WeChat and the wildly popular video platform TikTok. Relations between China and India really degraded since a border clash two weeks ago left 20 Indian soldiers dead. So it is really about the geopolitics behind it. I mean, it's interesting that India's already banned it and India is effectively in the middle of a, a proxy war with China. Is, is that what's driving it? Is it the politics? Yeah, you can't divorce this from what is happening with the politics. It just came together in this toxic mix, which is now really taken on a life of its own, which culminated, of course, with Donald Trump threatening to just ban it outright. And initially he was saying, I don't want anybody to buy it. I just don't want it in America. He's obviously in the run-up to an election and he's making China a very big part of that. Is he alone, though? I mean, what's happening here in Europe and, and in other countries? Are they asking similar questions? Yes, they are looking at it in Europe. And if you just look at what is happening with this potential U.S. sale, they are looking at selling the American, Canadian, Australian and New Zealand operations, effectively the user bases and the app itself in those countries to Microsoft. And the big question is, well, what happens in Europe where there are hundreds of millions of people using this app? And in many ways, especially around China, authorities have similar concerns. So one of the real big questions is, well, what is Britain going to do? What is Brussels going to do, if anything, about this? And they have started looking at what indeed they might do or what the security concerns are and how worried they should be. And in terms of the influence of the Chinese government on TikTok, I know that there were some concerns about censorship around Tiananmen Square. Tell us a bit about that. I mean, does that give us an, an idea of how much how much TikTok is having to operate at the behest of, of the Chinese state? This is the softer part of this crackdown. Or there's the concerns around what TikTok may do culturally, because there have been issues around it censoring the posts of gay people, disabled people, of uh, suppressing posts from Black Lives Matter protests, from the Hong Kong democracy protests. And there's always a reason that the company gives that, oh, it was a mistake or it was a blunt policy that didn't quite work, etc. But the larger concern is that this app can be used as a way to fight a cultural war, one meme at a time. Wow. If there is certain content that the Chinese government doesn't like or even just ByteDance, the parent company, doesn't like, as a Chinese company, they can suppress it. They can block it. And so you end up shaping, call it the narrative that emerges on this app to fit with values that may be different from the values that we have in the West. Please stay on board. 
Next stop, Road Station. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. From where you're sat and you get a ringside seat on all of this, why has President Trump suddenly become so obsessed with TikTok? I mean, I think there's a couple of reasons. There's at least one potentially petty reason, which if you recall, he had this disastrous rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma last month. And he had boasted in the run-up to it that we're going to have more than a million people show up at this thing. It's going to be the biggest rally ever, etc. And it was the relaunching of his presidential campaign after coronavirus lockdowns and everything going terribly wrong for him. And in the event, about 7,000 people showed up to this vast stadium in Tulsa. And what emerged is that there was a whole guerrilla movement formed mainly on TikTok Guys, Donald Trump is having a rally next week and it's free. All you have to do is give your phone number and you can get two tickets. So I got two tickets, but I totally forgot that I have to pick every individual piece of land off of my room floor and then sort them by size so I can't make it for Friday. Where all these young people were signing up for tickets for this event and then purposely not showing up all in an effort to embarrass Donald Trump. Now, that happened about a month ago, and since then, things have got much worse for TikTok. That's amazing. And what's the rest of the issue? I mean, is this sort of a proxy war with China, and is that a big issue for this election in particular? Yeah, it is. So being, quote-unquote, tough on China has been a theme for Trump going back to his first election campaign. Let's say China. 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 It remains front and center of what he is trying to get across now. And to be honest, there is nothing more visible than TikTok in terms of a Chinese brand on American soil that is having a cultural moment. So if you need a totem, if you need something to show just how tough you are, there is not a better target right now. Is it possible for him to ban TikTok? Could he do what the Chinese government do with with Facebook and the others? Yes, he could. And this gets into a question really of how he has gone about it. So you may have seen that as part of this whole crackdown and the drama over the last couple of weeks, he said, We're looking at TikTok. We may be banning TikTok. I'm going to ban this app. And then he said, Here's the deal. I don't mind if, uh, whether it's Microsoft or somebody else, a big company, a secure company, very 
very American company buy it. Okay, well, Microsoft can buy it under certain conditions. And, oh, by the way... A very substantial portion of that price is going to have to come into the Treasury of the United States because we're making it possible for this deal to happen. I think the U.S. government should get a big chunk, a big fee, for helping make this deal possible, effectively a payoff, which is almost a mafia-style shakedown. And so there are ways to ban an app on legitimate security grounds. There's a whole Committee on Foreign Investment who can look into something like this and say, you know what, this actually does make us worried. These are the legal grounds on which to ban this app. What we have done instead is the president coming out, just threatening a ban and demanding a payment for it, and doing it in a way that really undermines what appear to be some legitimate security concerns that has been muddled by the president's approach. That's really interesting. I mean, do you think that'll actually drive young people who have been on TikTok? Will it stop them asking the legitimate questions about security instead of carrying on almost as an act of defiance? Well, I don't think young people care one way or the other. They just like the app. And it's also the whole generational thing around the comfort people have with living their lives publicly online, especially if you're young. That's just what you do. And this is, at the moment, the funnest way to do it. I'm still not sure I understand Microsoft diving in because in the world of apps, I don't think of Microsoft when I'm thinking of anything that's vaguely popular in social media terms. No one does. <laughs> What's going on? Why are they doing it? Well, so I think one is just opportunism. So if you are a seller of a very popular company who all of a sudden has a sell under duress on the order of the president, you're not going to get a very good price. And Microsoft is doing really well. They have the money to spend. And what they see here is an opportunity to become a player in social media, which in many ways is becoming media and is, as we have seen with Google and Facebook, is wildly lucrative. Now, whether they will be able to actually buy it, because you've got about 45 days of very fraught negotiations, and then if they buy it, what they do with it is going to be really difficult because they may indeed have to effectively rebuild the core algorithm if the whole concern is the security establishment saying, well, we're not really comfortable with the way this thing works. You rebuild it, Microsoft. That might be effectively part of the deal. And if it is, who knows how that works? Will it have the same resonance? And in the meantime, will people defect to other places like Reels? Is there a danger that they'll be left holding an empty product by then and, and they'll have been overtaken by Facebook with their new version of TikTok? Could it just be an enormous disaster for Microsoft? It could be, yes. And there is a long line of such deals. Over a decade ago, News Corp spent a lot of money on a social network called MySpace, which at the time was the biggest social network. It was the one everybody was talking about. It was the one everybody was trying to catch up with, including Facebook. And then within two years, it was effectively worthless. People had left because they had gone elsewhere. They had gone to Facebook because Facebook ended up building a better product. So these things are very difficult. They're very finely balanced. And if you get it wrong, it can go wrong pretty quickly. And you mentioned that actually TikTok doesn't seem to be able to access any more data necessarily than many other apps. And we've just got used to not even thinking about how much information we're handing over. What is the worst case scenario? What can people do with the information that they gather? And what are the things that we should really be worried about in terms of what we're handing over? 
So I'll give you another example of, say, Google. They have between all their family of apps, which they marry all of that data into one profile of you. There's Maps. There is Gmail. There is your search history. If that information leaked and all of a sudden the world knew what I was searching for on Google or my emails were being accessed and people could see who I was talking to and to what about and what about or my financial information, whatever it may be, these companies have just unthinkable amounts of data on each individual. And it's similar with TikTok. And so it goes back to this analogy of like a bank of all of your personal, most intimate details. The mind boggles as to what could happen and what people might do with that if it got into the wrong hands. But already, if you go onto the, the dark web, people sell profiles, people's login details. There's a thriving market in selling people's stolen information. And we've seen some of these hacks recently with Twitter, et cetera. There's a lot of creative things people can do with information they're not supposed to have. And what do nations do with it? Why is it in the interest of governments to try to acquire so much data? To me, personally, it's not clear. Why does the Chinese Communist Party want to know what's on my TikTok account? Data is power these days. They often say that data is the new oil. It's the currency of the economy in many different ways. So there may be ways to analyze these mountains of data to draw out certain conclusions about what people are thinking and how to influence them. And we saw that, of course, in 2016 with the election and what Russia was doing on Facebook. So there are ways, subtle and not so subtle, that you can weaponize all of this data to reach certain ends. But how that specifically manifests itself, I think, is always, it's unknowable until it happens. Like, who would have thought Russia would create fake ads to sow social division in America effectively in the run-up to the last election. That's not something that people were really seeing as a potential threat. And of course, it was quite effective. And how about you? Are you convinced? I mean, you've downloaded TikTok, accidentally fallen in love with it. Will you be taking it off your phone? <laughs> are you worried enough to ditch it? <laughs> what will you do? Well, What should the rest of us do? <laughs> Will I get rid of it? Maybe, but I can't say I feel like a mortal threat, which again is there's that disconnect, right? Between that very light, fun experience on your phone to this is a tool of the Chinese Communist Party who is attempting to surveil me and the rest of the West. Drawing that line on a personal level and expecting people to do that is really hard. And I think that's one of the issues here. If you go on TikTok, nobody is up in arms about this. What they're up in arms about is somebody taking away their favorite app. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, the Sunday Times West Coast correspondent, Danny Fortson. You can read more of Danny's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. And do check out his podcast, Danny in the Valley. The producer today was Edward Drummond. The executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Falcon Kisseltuk. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Ketzer. If you get a chance, please do leave us a review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, and now we're also available on the Times Radio app, along with all the other podcasts from the Times, including Danny's. To download the app, search for Times Radio on your app store. See you tomorrow.
you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone.